ready to elevate your credit understanding and score? With insider tips and a plan, you can take action to improving your score, which can save thousands in unnecessary finance charges. Let's tackle today's topic with your coach, Credit Christy. Hi, it's Christy, your credit coach. Thank you so very much for joining me for another episode. And this week, let's talk about credit myths. There's a lot of misunderstanding out there, so let's go ahead and hit a couple of myths as it applies to credit. So first of all, the bureaus, they do not know how much your bank balance is. So I hear that a lot of times when I'm doing a loan application for a mortgage. Somebody will say, well, I have $100,000 in the bank. Why doesn't that show up someplace on my credit score? And it's because Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, they don't know. And honestly, they don't care. One has nothing to do with the other as far as the algorithms that are used when they are calculating your credit score. So your bank balance is not reported out there someplace. You might have input it when the credit card that you have or your bank that you have just asks for, hey, we'd like to update our balance information or our contact information from you. I've seen them ask for what my income is this last year. So that might be where they get the information from, but it's not reported on your credit report. Also, another very big credit myth is that your credit is not based from the first time you had established credit. So my very first credit card, I think was 18 years old. I went to Target. I got a $300 credit card. And honestly, I don't have that credit card anymore. If I don't have it any longer, it's no longer reporting to help me as far as the length of credit. So I'll hear sometimes people will say, I've had credit for 30 years. How come it's saying as one of those reasons why my score is what my score is, is because of the length of history of time established. And it's because of what is open and active right now. So just know that when you pay off an installment loan, so when you pay off a car, it's closed, that account is closed and it's no longer reporting to benefit you as far as payment history on time. And as long as you have your credit cards open, they'll remain from the date that you had started with them. So let's say you had a bank issued credit card 20 years ago, but the interest rate got really crazy high and you just haven't used it for a while. So you close that account. If that's your oldest established, your longest standing credit card, you may have done yourself a really big disservice by closing that account because that is your longest history and time. And as it reports to your credit history, it's a really big deal. So I would encourage you to keep that one open, maybe use it every once in a while, just so they don't close it for inactivity, but you'll want to have something that is still open, remaining open. So a lot of people right now are getting a refinance because rates are really low, which is an outstanding idea for most people. However, if you are 10 or 15 years into your credit history with that mortgage loan servicer, now you're going to close that up and open up a new one. So now you have a new trade line and you've ended that really long-standing relationship with your prior loan servicer. So it's not worth not getting a refinance to avoid having to close that out. If it's going to save you a lot of money on your largest outflow of cash every single month, I'm going to tell you, then yes, if it's going to put you in a better financial situation, please go forward with that refinance. Call me, but just know that your longstanding credit history is based off of what is open and active current today. Not when was the first time you had ever established your first line of credit. Having lots of credit cards is not 
helping you. So a lot of people say, oh, I've got 25 credit cards to my name. Eh, I don't know that that is good, but there's a myth out there that the more credit you have, the stronger you look. Honestly, I think that they're looking at you as a greater risk because you could go out tomorrow and have a heyday and max them all out and say sayonara and go and run off and move to Costa Rica and not pay your bills. So having lots of credit cards, I don't think is a good idea. There's a myth about that. And I'm going to just make sure everybody's on the same page, having at least one installment line and at least one bank issued credit card is the best way to go. If you have more, that's fine, but there's no gold star for having 20 something credit cards out there. Um, and it's, I believe a myth. The next thing I want to say is your wealth or your level of prosperity is not associated with your credit limit. I don't know if this is a self-created myth, uh, if it's fake news, I'm not quite sure what this is, but there's some people that say it to me or maybe in their own minds that they are wealthy because they have a really high credit limit available to them on their credit cards. That isn't what defines your wealth or your prosperity. What you have to your name after your debts are paid, that's your tangible wealth. The stuff that has value that doesn't have a loan against it, it's been paid for. That's where wealth is. Quite honestly, if you owe $5,000 or $8,000 on credit card balances, and it was just to purchase like stuff or pay your bills, you're actually $5,000 or $8,000 in the hole. <laughs> if we're looking at it that way, because there, there isn't necessarily the same value attached to what you paid for something. So let's say you went out and bought uh, a new laptop and you spent a thousand dollars on it. It's not necessarily worth a thousand dollars to somebody else because now it's not new it's used. And if you were to go and sell it, you certainly couldn't sell it for the thousand dollars you paid for it. So you get what I'm saying. So that is a myth that your wealth is associated with your credit limit. So I want you to know that your payment methods affect your buying behaviors. And I say this because when it's time to make a purchase, if you are pulling out credit cards, the likelihood of you spending more is really increased when you go to pay with a credit card versus paying cash. Using credit cards does have us be a little bit more impulsive, maybe even spend a little bit more money. Think about it this way. If you went to the grocery store this afternoon and you had $100 cash in your wallet and you also had a credit card, but you said, I'm going to pay for my groceries with cash today, you are capped at that $100 because that's what you have on you. That's what you have to your name. So you're going to be very intentional about that purchase and what goes in your cart to maximize that hundred dollars worth of groceries that you're going to leave with. Where if you just pull out a credit card to swipe, you don't necessarily know that balance of what the cost is for those groceries. Cause there's a really good chance you were throwing more in your cart because you didn't have to have that cap associated with it. So I hope that this brings you value. I'm so glad to be able to share with you and hopefully bust some credit myth. If you haven't already subscribe to my podcast and I invite you also to YouTube and search credit Christie. I've got a lot of mindfulness videos over there and I'd love to continue the conversation over in YouTube. And if this helps somebody have a better understanding of credit, please share it with them. I would love to uh, continue to share the message with other people that are also seeking information to maximize their credit scores, to have their very best credit profile so you pay less in interest over your lifetime. Thank you so much for being with me today, my friends. Until next time, stay well. 
subscribe now and share with a friend to stay in the loop for new credit content and insider tips to maximize your credit knowledge. And follow Credit Christie on Instagram.